Listen, thanks for being here today. We're glad that you're here. We're going to wrap up a series this morning that we've been in. Uh, we've been calling it Next is Now. And um, we are going to finish this this morning. And I want you to turn. We've been in the book of Joshua. And uh, we're going to uh, finish the book uh, in the book of Joshua this morning. Well, I want you to go all the way to the end to uh, Joshua chapter 23. Uh, we're going to be in chapter 23 and chapter 24 this morning. So you can go ahead and kind of... Uh, find Joshua chapter 23 and just kind of put your finger there and, and hold on uh, right there. So we've been in this, um, this series and we've kind of been talking about the life of Joshua, the journey of the children of Israel. It's been a series about transition. Um, May seems like a month of transition for me. Uh, obviously because we have different different things happening. Graduation, <laughs> if you've been part of graduation in any, any aspect, uh, you know that can be a big transition uh, for the student graduating and for the parents that are graduating uh, that student, you know, uh, and, and it's a transition time moving from the school year into summer. Uh, so it, it, it may feels like a transition, uh, kind of a trans, transition month. And I think that's what Joshua really uh, is kind of a, story about transition because he's a leader who is leading this people uh, he's a new leader at the beginning of Joshua Moses has been their leader and now he becomes the leader and he's got to do a great big task of fill the shoes of Moses and if you've ever had to step into big shoes you know that it's difficult for Joshua here that there's probably been uh, some uncertainty uh, uh, surrounding the situation. There's probably been some things, some question marks that he's had. He's probably even had times where he's doubted, can I even do this job? Can I, can I do the job that, that um, Moses did? Probably not. Can I even do half the job that Moses did, right? And so trying to figure out who he is as a leader has been part of this story of this story of transition. And we've been... Uh, kind of talking about this statement uh, that we started with. The we've started with the position that what happens next is determined by what you do now. What happens next is determined by what you do now. And um, I want us to kind of kind of finish this, this up today. And like I said, this series is about transition. It's about decision making. And it's about clarity. And that's, that's really what I want to kind of wrap up with this morning is this idea of clarity. Now, if... Uh, have you ever tried to predict something that would happen? Um, if you've ever tried, maybe predict what the weather's going to do. How I many of you are really bad at predicting what the weather's going to do, right? <laughs> you know, you know, you also, the weatherman might be bad at predicting that too. Uh, you know, um, there are people who try to predict what's going to happen. There are times that we try to project, we, we think, you know, anybody who do fantasy football, fantasy baseball, anybody have been part of those kind of things, you know, what you're trying to do is you're trying to predict who's going to have a good year, right, when you're going through this draft. And there have been plenty of times where we've gotten into a fantasy football draft and, you know, people are just flying off the board and are like, yeah, I got this guy, I got this guy, he's going to have a great year. And then two weeks in, you know, he, he busts his MCL, you know, and it's like, He's gone, okay? There's your season. It's out. And so really there's uncertainty uh, around things. Uh, and there's a lot of uncertainty in life. And I want to share with you, just before we jump into this, I want to share with you some of the worst predictions ever. Um, and some of you will kind of, when I start talking about these, you'll, you'll, say, you'll understand why these are the worst predictions ever. There was a, um, a group called the DECA Recording Company in 1962 the Decca Recording Company in 1962, and they expressed their opinion on signing the Fab Four, 
the Beatles in 1962, and it wasn't positive. This is what they said. We don't like their sound, and their guitar music is on the way out. You think they got it wrong? <laughs> All right, yeah. Uh, so next up, a guy by the name of Rod Thorne. He was the general manager of the Chicago Bulls in 1984. And this is what he said. He said, I wish Jordan, Michael Jordan, were seven feet, but he isn't. There just wasn't a center available. What can you do? Jordan isn't going to turn that fran this franchise around. He's a very good offensive player, but he's not an overpowering defensive player, right? Did he turn the franchise around? I would say yes. I would actually say he's probably the greatest basketball player ever. But you know what? You reserve the right to be wrong if you disagree with me, okay? I, I let you be wrong. I just think Michael Jordan is the greatest, but I grew up in the Michael Jordan era, you know? Um, a guy by the name of Eddie Bond, he was a radio host, and this was in 1954, and he didn't think Elvis was going to make it as a singer, and this is what he said. He said, stick to your day job. This is what he told Elvis. Stick to your day job. You're never going to make it as a singer, he was wrong, right? I mean, you know, Elvis, uh, you know, this is, this is, this is the king. Um, last two more, two more. Western Union. This was an internal memo that Western Union put out in 1876. And this is, uh, this is what they said. They said this. They said, the telephone has inherently no value to us. How many of you have a telephone with you right now? Yeah, there's no value in that at all, right? Uh, and the last one is this. In 1946, Daryl Zanuck, a 20th Century Fox movie producer, uh, didn't foresee a bright future for the world of television. Television won't last because people will soon get tired of staring at a plywood box every night. How wrong you were. How, how right I wish you were, Daryl, but you are wrong. They, you know, we, we spirit stared at too, way too much. Uh, no, these guys, they, they had very wrong, they were very bad at predicting what was going to happen, you know. And so there's uncertainty. I mean, we're always trying to predict what's going to happen. We want to know what is going to take place next. We want to know and uh, be certain about what is going to happen. Uh, every one of us, people crave certainty. Um, it, it, that's, that's the truth. I mean, people crave certainty, and we uh, spend a lot of money, we spend a lot of brain power, we stress out trying to figure out what is going to happen next. Um, there's people who will go to uh, people who will read their palms and the, the, the cards and try to look at the stars and try to figure out what's next for them, you know, their horoscope and all that kind of stuff. And people crave certainty, but we live in an uncertain world. Um, and living in an uncertain world is, is not such a bad thing if you do it the right way. And that's kind of what I think we can find here in Joshua, Joshua chapter 23. Um, although um, we have uncertainty, we can uh, have an opportunity for some clarity. And so you can have clarity and uncertainty at the same time. You can have clarity and uncertainty at the same time. Um, clarity and certainty are not the same thing, right? Um, 
Clarity is, is being able to see something about what is happening right now. Certainty is, you know, you, you think you know what's going to happen in the future. We don't know. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know what's going to happen after lunch. You know, I think I know what I'm going to do. I think I'm going to take a nap somewhere after lunch. That is, that I, I'm certain I want to do that. Will that happen? I don't know. Uh, you ask my wife and she'll tell you what I'm going to be doing after lunch. Um, and, and so there's, there's, there's people crave certainty. Uh, but you can have clarity and uncertainty at the same time. So I want us to go to Joshua, Joshua chapter 23. I want us to read here, beginning in verse 1. This is toward the end of Joshua's life, okay? So Joshua took over in the beginning, beginning of Joshua, we see where Moses has died um, and this transition of leadership is passed to Joshua, and Joshua has walked with these people uh, into the promised land. They have tried to conquer the promised land, and now he's getting old, and he knows, hey, my time is, is coming to an end, and um, I've got to pass this off to the, to the next generation. And I think Joshua has some uncertainty about what's going to happen. Uh, and you can, you can, I can pick up on this when I read these last couple chapters, just in what he says and how he says it. It's like a reminder, you know. Um, it, parents, you, you'll get this because if you are uncertain that your kids are going to do something the way that you want them to do it, what will you do? You will say it more than once, right? You'll say it over and over. You'll say it, and, and I'll do this, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell my, mainly Kobe, I'll say, Kobe, look at me in my eyeballs right here. Look at me in my eyeballs. I'm like, this is what I need you to do. Do you understand what I'm asking you to do, right? And, and I do that because there's some uncertainty that I have, uh, you know, that I'm like, is it going to get done the way I want it to happen? Is, is this going to get, 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 get carried out? And so with Joshua, I kind of feel Joshua is the same way. Joshua is like a parent that is getting ready to release his kids into the next stage, and this is where we pick up in chapter 23, beginning in verse 1. It says, A long time afterward, when the Lord had given rest to Israel from all of the surrounding enemies, and Joshua was old and well advanced in years, Joshua summoned all of Israel, its elders and heads, its judges and officers, and said to them, I am now old and well advanced in years, and you have seen all that the Lord your God has done to all the nations for your sake, for it is the Lord your God who has fought for you. So he's saying, listen, I want to remind you of what's happened. This is key, okay? Remembering what has taken place is key uh, when you're dealing with uncertainty. Behold, uh, he says, and, and you've seen all the Lord your God has done for you and for the nations. And verse 4 says, behold, I have allotted to you as an inheritance for your tribes, those nations that remain along with the nations that I have already cut off from the Jordan to the great sea in the west. So they had not completed the mission, right? The mission was to go into the promised land, drive these people out, and to take the land that God is giving to them. But they had not completed this mission as of yet. And so he says, listen, there's still some work left to do, and you have to do it. Verse 5, and it says, the Lord your God will push them back before you, and drive them out of your sight, and you shall possess their land, just as the Lord your God promised you. Therefore, this is what he said, Therefore, 
be very strong. Now, in the first uh, first uh, installment of this series we talked about in Joshua chapter 1, God gave Joshua some advice. And what did he tell him? He said, be strong and courageous, right? He said, be, be strong and very courageous. And so it's almost like Joshua's taking that same advice that he had gotten early on, and now he is giving it to the people who are coming behind him and saying, listen, if you're going to do this job, you've got to be strong. You've got to be, there's got to be strength. So therefore, be very strong. Be very strong to what? To keep and do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, turning aside from it neither to the right hand nor to the left. And so he, he gives instruction here. He says, listen, I've, I've got a little bit of question about what's going to happen next. I, I don't question what God can do because I know what God can do. I've seen what God can do. I question what you're willing to follow God in doing. Isn't that it? Isn't that really it? Isn't that God can do anything that God wants to do? We kind of know that. We hear that. We say that. We preach that. We read that. We put that up on our wall. Nothing is impossible for God. But the question is this, is I'm certain of what God can do, but I am very uncertain about what I am willing to follow God into. Right? Because there have been times maybe when God has called you to do something, you're like, eh, I don't know that I don't want to do that, God. Maybe God has, has opened up a new door for you. Maybe he's shutting one door and he's opening up a new door, and you're like, ah, God, I don't know that I want to do that. I don't know that I want to go that road. I don't know that I don't want to make that move. God, I don't know. And, and so even though we can be certain, God, we, we can trust you, there's uncertainty about whether we will follow him. And this is Joshua's uncertainty, I think, is that he is dealing with the uncertainty of knowing what's going to happen next. He's dealing with the uncertainty of, of knowing, are these people going to do what they need to do? Are they going to trust God and follow God's commands? Are they going to take him at his word? Are they going to be strong? Or are they going to be weak? Are they, are they going to compromise who they are? Are they going to backtrack on what they said they would do? Are they going to be tempted to uh, acquiesce to what all the surrounding nations and the temptations that they bring of how they live and maybe their idols and worshiping other gods? And so there's a little bit of uncertainty about what is going to happen. Joshua wasn't sure that all the tribes would stay faithful to God. Joshua was worried that they would fall back into idolatry. But see, uncertainty does not have to be your enemy. It can be your opportunity. Uncertainty does not have to be your enemy. It can be an opportunity for you. Uncertainty can be an opportunity. It can be an opportunity. How can it be an opportunity? Uh, it, is, it is the chance to reflect on what we do know. There are some things I don't know. There are, a lot of, there are actually a lot of things I don't know. I don't know, like I said, what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know exactly what's going to happen after lunch. I have a, a, a game plan of what that's going to look like. You know what? In my life, five years from now, I, I think I know what that's going to look like. I, I'm, I've got goals. I've got uh, things that I am working toward in my life personally, for my family, for this church. As a staff, we're planning. There are things that we 
um, you know, we're planning for, but we are not certain exactly what's going to happen. If you told us in, uh, you know, December of 2019 that everything was going to shut down forever and a day and that our world was going to be thrown into topsy-turvy, you know, in about three months, you know, we're like, ah, I don't know about that, right? But we, we weren't prepared what was going to happen in March of 2020. We weren't prepared for that. And so it threw us into a lot of uncertainty. But in the midst of uncertainty, there can be opportunity. And the opportunity is for us to reflect on what we do know. I may not know what happens tomorrow, but I do know what happened yesterday. And I do know where I am right now. It is the chance to reflect on what we do know. I can have clarity because three things I want you to let, let you know why we can have clarity. I can have clarity because of what I've experienced. I can have clarity knowing that, okay, God, you've been with me and you have walked with me through cancer treatments, through joblessness, through, um, through difficult times, through, uh, you know, uh, things that I just did not expect to happen. God, you have been with me. Maybe it's been uh, a marriage breakup. You have been with me, God, through these things. And so maybe as you look at it and you say, I, I don't know exactly what tomorrow holds, but I do know where I came from. I have clarity on where I have been, and I have clarity on what God has done and walked with me. So I have clarity because of what I have experienced. I can have clarity because of the values that I hold. I can have clarity because of the values that I hold. This, is, this comes back, and this is what Joshua is saying. He's saying, listen, if you will listen to the words of Moses... If you will listen to the laws and the precepts that he has laid down for you, these are values that have been set because this is who we are. That's what you really have to know. You have to know. I may not know what happens tomorrow, but I know who I am right now. I know who I am right now, and I know that there are things tomorrow. Whatever happens tomorrow, whatever comes tomorrow, there are things that because I am Ryan Ogden and I am a believer in Jesus Christ, there are things that I am not willing to give myself over to tomorrow, whatever may come. I have the clarity to know where I've been. I have the clarity to know who I am and the values that I hold. And I have the clarity to know what is true, what I know to be true. And what I know to be true is that God is, is with me, that God has been with me, and that God is in my tomorrow. I know that God is preparing a way for me. I know that I can trust God. And so these are the things, although I may be uncertain about what happens tomorrow, although may I, I may be uncertain about what happens next week, next month, and next year, there are things that I can have clarity about. There are things that you can have clarity about. In the midst of uncertainty, there is an opportunity for us to have clarity. See, in Joshua 24, let's, let's, let's turn over. Joshua, Joshua 24. This is, this is what he said. Actually, let's, Joshua 23, verse 14. Let me read this to you. Joshua 23, verse 14. It says, And now I am about to go the way of all the earth, which basically is saying I'm about to die. I'm really old. I'm about to die. And you know, and, and you know in your hearts and souls, all of you, that not one word has failed of all the good things that the Lord your God promised concerning you. That's a good word right there. What's he doing? He's like, you know. You know exactly where God showed up for you. You know exactly what God told you he would do, and you know that God did that. How many of you know today that, that you could say the same thing? I know what God told me, and I know what God's done for me. 
How many of you know that, that you can say, in my heart and in my mind and in my soul, I know what God has done for me. I can look back on this. And this is what Joshua is saying. He said, you go back to, where, uh, to, to what you do know. All have come to pass for you. Not one of them has failed. Everything that God said he would do, he has done. Joshua chapter 24, verse 14. This is what we find. It says, Now therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods of your fathers beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. He says, listen, there's a temptation for you to go back, go way back, to becoming the slaves that God brought you out of. Don't do that. Don't put yourself in slavery to anything. See, and I know many of us in here today, we say, that's just kind of crazy. Why would you go worship an idol? But see, we all have idols that we worship. If you want to know what you worship, someone told me this once. They said, you want to know what you worship? Look at where you spend your time. Look at where you spend your money. Look at where you spend your time. Look at where you spend your money. He says, that'll show you what you really worship. And so when, when we look at our life, we have idols in our own life. We have American idols, to say, to say the least, right? There are things that we idolize. There are things that we want. There are things that we, we love. And what Joshua is saying is, be careful. Don't, don't be tempted by this. He says, don't, don't uh, put away the gods and the idols uh, that your forefathers had. Verse 15, and it says, And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you'll serve, whether the gods of your fathers served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me, this is the clarity that he has. This is the clarity of knowing. You know what? Whatever you choose, I don't know what you're going to choose. After, after me, I don't know exactly where you're going to go. But as for me and my house, as for me and my people, as for me and my crew, we're going to serve the Lord. And he had much clarity about that. You see, you can too. You can have clarity about who you are, the values you hold, and what you've experienced. People crave certainty. I must know what's going to happen. You're never always going to know. You know there's, a, there's plenty of times you're not going to know what happens. So even if you can't have certainty, you can have clarity. So what do we do? What do we do? What, what, what do we go on? I don't know what's going to happen but I do know what has happened, and I do know who I am. And so I am going to go with that, and I do know who God has been with me. And this is what you have to understand. Let's, uh, let uh, what's clear interpret what's not clear. Let what's clear interpret what's not clear. What's clear is I know who I am. I know what God's done in me. I know who my God is. I know the values that I hold. I know what he's laid out for me. And so although I don't know what tomorrow looks like, I do know what today looks like. I do know who I am right now, and I do know that I am going to press forward to continue to be the better version of what I am right now tomorrow, no matter what happens. I want to continue to grow. I want to continue to mature. I want to continue to reflect Jesus in my speech and my actions and my relationships and everything that I do. No matter what happens, I know that right now who I am reflecting is Jesus, and tomorrow I want to reflect Jesus even more. That clarity, I have that much clarity. That much I know. John Maxwell said this. Clarity of vision creates clarity of priorities. I love that. You want the priorities of your life? Get a clear vision uh, of what this needs to look like. Get a clear vision of, God, this is who I am. This is who you want me to be. be. All right? If I have clarity in that, 
that helps me clear out on my priorities. There are some things, you know, that I can just say that is not a priority anymore because God has called me to be uh, a certain person. He has called me to live a certain way. He has called me to treat people a certain way. Clarity is the next best thing to serving. I'm going to ask somebody to come play. So this morning, this may be a time of transition. This may be, um, there may be questions that you have. Maybe, maybe it's uh, work-related. I don't know what it is for you. You've got to kind of fill in the blank, whatever that is for you. What is the uncertainty maybe that you're looking at? Because all of us look at uncertainty. There are blanks that we cannot fill in just yet. There, there are things that we don't know that's just around the corner. Maybe it's great. Maybe it's not so great. But what you can do, what you can do is have clarity about who you are right now. And the clarity about who you are right now and setting the priorities for you and your family. Setting the values for you and your family. Because when Joshua says, as for me and my house, we're going to serve God. As for me and my house, we're going to serve God. We're not, we're not going to serve, um, not going to serve ourselves. We're not going to make idols for ourselves out of the beach and the boathouse and all the things. And those things are great. I'm not, I'm not saying those things. But they can become idols. They can get our priorities out of whack. And so when you're looking at yourself and saying, all right, God, who are you calling me to be right now? I can know. I can have clarity right now, God, that when I look at myself and I look at your word, I know who you are and I know who you're calling me to be. And so although I may not know what happens tomorrow, I know who I can be tomorrow in the midst of that. Stand with me this morning. What is it that, that maybe you have question marks about? What is it this morning that, that you, you're just saying, I wish I knew. I wish I knew. You know what? We all have those wishes. And, and it, that may be the thing that you're not going to be able to fill in that blank just yet. But what you can do is say, I, I can't be certain of who I am right now. Who are you right now? Where is where's your relationship right now with Jesus? Where are the priorities of your family? Are your family priorities all mixed up? Are your personal priorities all mixed up? Are your career priorities all mixed up? Are you putting things ahead of God? Are you putting things ahead of, 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 of who God is and, and who you know you need to be? If so, it's time to reprioritize. It's time to get clarity about who you are and your relationship with your Father this morning. So with heads bowed, maybe this, this time is a time for you to make that declaration. Lord, this morning, ask for me in my house. Ask for me in my house. If you're a parent, man, you need to make that declaration. As for me in my house. If it's your house, you get to set the rules. You get to set the priority. Maybe you haven't done so great up to this point. Start now. Start today. Do it now. Do it today. Where you say, today, God, I set you as a priority for my family. Today, God, I set you as a priority. Lord Jesus, I set you as the vision for my life. I set you as the forefront of my life. How would that change things for you? So, Lord, we come to you today. And there's so much temptation for us to compromise. There's so much temptation for us to, to bend 
which leads us to breaking. There's so much temptation for us to become people that you are not calling us to be. And although there's a lot of uncertainty in life, and maybe there's we have fear that surrounds that uncertainty, I pray, Lord, that we can have clarity about who we are and who you've called us to be. Because we have clarity about who you are. And we have clarity about who you told us we could be. And this morning, that's where we're going to start. We're going to start on what we know. We know you. And we know your word. And so, Lord, what we're going to do is bring ourselves in line with your word. We're going to bring ourselves in line with your steps. We're going to bring ourselves in line with what you've said. We're going to bring ourselves in line with what you want. And this morning, God, that's what we're praying. It's, Lord, that you would help us set the priority. So, Lord, be our focus, be our vision. And even when we're uncertain about the future, we can be very clear about who you are. And we're going to let what's clear interpret what's not clear. We thank you for that. We thank you for your promises to us and your love for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we sing this together? Can you guys lead us in this?